There was a woman who was very, very sick for like a dozen years, and she tried everything. She spent every dime that she had, and she was not well, but even worse. And then she was healed. So today, Julie Thomas is going to talk about that woman. She's been studying her life, and she's got some really deep, interesting things that she wants to share with you. And she's able to share those things with you today because today's show is brought to you by Cure International. They know that Jesus is the healer. And every day, the doctors and nurses help heal these little bodies and then tell them about the great love of God. To find out more about Cure Cure International, just click on Cure when you come to lifewithlisawilliams.com. I'm just a radio girl. I love things that talk to me. You LOL? I did. I truly laughed out loud. Now, this may be the dumbest thing in the whole world, but it worked on me. There's a dog chasing a train. He and Fido. Hey, Natalie, how old are you? I will pray with you now. Before you leave, I have to pray with you. I'm here for the people in the hood. You know, Jesus is my very, very best friend. Pray without ceasing, which is not some sort of so heavy I can't do it command. It is this breath of fresh air that I am involved in what God is doing in the earth today. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page, please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talked to the mailman. <laughs> is that Twitter? Life with Lisa Williams is like a cake. Run around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is life. This is this, this is this is life. This is life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. Oh my word, I'm so glad Julie Thomas is here. Like happiness when she walked in the room. I'm so glad JT is here. And Julie, just to unpack what it means to be a longtime Broncos fan and how it feels the 50th Mm. Super Bowl Mm. and the Broncos are going. Take take your time. I felt I listened to your show and and I heard one of the one of the Patriots callers come in and bless her. I hope she's okay. No, no, she's not okay. Okay, I'm sorry. We're so sorry for your loss. But you'll be back because you'll still have Tom Brady. Yeah. And this might be our last chance with Peyton. Yeah. I know. We love him. How do you feel in your soul? I'm so happy. I'm so happy. It's all things nachos and Dr. Pepper and Target and Starbucks, like all combined into one happy moment. But it's football and it's Peyton Manning. Seriously, Julie, like how long have you been a Broncos fan? Because people are fair weather fans in this life. People come and go with their different teams, but not Julie, man. She's been hardcore Broncos since when? I know. Well, since before they started actually winning Super Bowls, when they were losers in in Super Bowls. Like way back, like, uh, I mean, John Elway, but I remember them when they played the Houston Oilers. Way back, way, way back, back in the day. But boy, I was a big, big fan when they won back with Shannon Sharp, Ed McCaffrey, that whole that whole crowd. I was there. I did the Super Bowl parades and the whole deal. Oh, wow. <laughs> so she's a real fan. And so um, I'm a little nervous. I mean, I'm just a little nervous about the Panthers because they're like, they're like animalistic crazy. And they like really annihilated that the Cardinals. So I, I like Cam Newton. He's a good quarterback, but I'm sorry. He, he's, I will not root for him. I will root for Von Miller and, and our entire defensive line yeah, really. that day. <laughs> yeah, and I, I don't know what everybody's saying. I don't know what the prognosticators are prognosticating, but they all said the Patriots were mm-hmm. going to win. They all yep. did, yep. but 
I mean, it's so obvious, right? Yeah, this is okay. our year. That's this okay. Is our year. We can we can be the underdog. I'm all for the underdog. Okay, let's go. What are they saying now? Yeah, the Panthers are definitely favored, of course. Of course, but that's okay. We're good. We can be the underdogs and give a little fire in their belly. I don't know if anybody knows Peyton Manning personally, but if so, could you give him this message? A couple of years ago when you went to the Super Bowl, I just kind of noticed that you were doing lots of press, Peyton. You were doing so much press, and you were out there, and you were doing all the press, and you were talking with people, and I kept thinking, he doesn't have his game face on. And so, Coach Kubiak, here's a pointer. Bring it. Keep him with a little, uh, like, screen in his hand, watching plays until the moment he walks out the door. And then when it's done, I'm just saying, he doesn't need to be paraded about at this time. Nope. Okay? Ain't nobody got no need for that. No. Let's just bring it after you win. Okay. Okay. All right. This week, we are talking about breakthroughs. Um, And so Julie is now going to add to the conversation because she, this past Sunday, spoke at her church. Her husband is the campus pastor at a church um, in the area of Denver called Berkeley. And this past Sunday, Julie spoke about a particular woman in the Bible. And since she spent so much time really thinking and praying and really pondering her message, I thought it'd be cool if she just shared with us some of the thoughts she had about that woman who was bleeding all the time and she came in contact with Jesus. Yeah, we've been doing this study about the encounters that Jesus had with different people throughout the book of Mark. And the story is found in Mark 5, starting at about verse 24. And it's only 10 verses, and so it's a very short story, but it's it's an incredible story about a woman, really, who just got to the end of herself. She got to the end of everything. She had been bleeding for 12 years. Okay, like, you know... If it were us, and this was our story, we would go to a gynecologist or, or an obstetrician or whichever one. Which one has babies? The obstetrician. We'd go to a gynecologist, and we, you know, you would get a, um, you'd get an ultrasound, and then you would probably have a hysterectomy. I mean, this woman should have had an ultrasound. She should have had um, medicine, but not in that day and age. For twelve right. years, she bled. Right. But but the text goes on to say that she tried everything, that she went to multiple doctors, that she spent all of her resources, that she had spent it all for a cure and nothing. In fact, it says that not only did she not get any better, she in fact grew worse. It got worse. It got worse. And she spent all of her money, so she was very, very ill because she never was cured of this issue of blood, they call it. Mm-hmm. They called it. And she lost all her money. So she she was worse and she was penniless. Right. She was desperate. Right. But I love in the text where it turns a corner and it says, but when she heard about Jesus. Can you imagine in that day and age, because nobody knew who Jesus was, but then all of a sudden he's this huge celebrity who is on the scene. He is going around to all these towns and he is doing these crazy things. He's healing people. He's calling himself the Messiah. He is doing all of this stuff. And all of a sudden she gets wind of the fact that Jesus is coming to her town. And so don't you know, she sat there in that moment and thought a couple thoughts. She probably thought, one, could I even dare to dream? Could I even dare to believe that this man could heal me? But then what if I, what if I did determine to come? What is everybody going to do? Because in that day and age, she would have absolutely been shunned by her culture. Because in that day and age, there were so many different laws, so many different cultural rules. While it was that time of the month or for her, oh, right. or for her, right. it would have been for years on end. Yeah, the law said you couldn't even touch anyone. You were when considered. You were, a you were considered unclean. Yeah, it was almost like you were a leper. 
you couldn't touch anybody. Nobody could touch you. In fact, in some places, they actually had huts on the edges, outer edges of the town where women would kind of be banished to. Can you even imagine? I actually would enjoy having a hut for a week of my life. Like, what? I have to go to the hut? Okay. Is there a TV? Do I have Wi-Fi in the hut? (laughs) But it was just like unclean for a a big section of your month. Right, right. But this was for 12 years. And so she absolutely would, would have been shunned by her culture, by the people around her, probably by her friends and family who would have just looked at her and gone, don't you dare. Mm-mm. And there was a huge crowd that was going on because Jesus was on his way to a man called Jairus's house who, who had approached Jesus and said, will you please come to my house and heal my daughter? And so Jesus was walking with him to go to his house. So there was a huge crowd pressing around Jesus. And so enter this woman and she, she just decides, I'm going to risk it. I'm going to risk it all and I'm going to step out and see if this can't have some change in my life because I am desperate, desperate for hope and I'm desperate for change. So certainly someone who's listening can relate to that part, being desperate. I've tried everything. I've tried everything in my marriage. I've tried everything to have children. I've tried everything to get married. I've tried everything to be wealthy. I've tried everything just to have money to meet the budget. I've tried everything. I've tried everything. I've tried everything, right? And yet no change. And so in that desperation, she pressed through the crowd, right? Mm -hmm. Lots of people, she pressed through and she reached out and she touched. She didn't even touch his arm or his body. She just touched the hem of his garment, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because she had just thought, if I could just touch a part of his clothing, then I will be healed. And so she did. And so she came up behind him and just touched the edge of his clothing right there. And it says, immediately, she was healed. Oh, Jesus. Wow. Immediately. And don't you know, she sat there and just marveled. She must have felt it. In that. Yeah. She must have felt it because he says later he felt it. Mm -hmm. So healing came to her, a supernatural event. It's a wow God story where this woman encountered Jesus himself because Julie has encountered Jesus. I've encountered Jesus. I pray to God that you have encountered Jesus, but we haven't touched his clothes yet. We haven't seen his eyes like face to face. Not yet, but she did. Mm -hmm. She had an encounter with the Christ and she was healed immediately. Right. And on the other side of that, so Jesus continues to walk. The crowd is moving. But then it says, Jesus immediately as well felt power go out of him. Because in that moment, for some reason, when faith gets plugged into the supernatural power of God, something happens. There is something supernatural that happens when our faith is connected to Jesus. We can have faith in a lot of different things. Like you said, we can try lots of different things. We can put faith in a lot of different ways. But when our faith is connected to Jesus, supernatural things happen that we can't even explain. Mm -hmm. Nobody could explain what happened to her. But Jesus felt that power go out of him because that faith and his abilities connected together in that moment. Now, what happened is that he, he turned around and he stopped and he asked the question, who touched me? Who touched my clothing which is really fascinating because we all know, as the disciples point out, what do you mean, who touched you? I mean, there's people everywhere. Hello. <laughs> what do you mean, who touched you? Do you not see? But he, it was the touch of faith, maybe? That's what it was? I've never thought about this. It was the touch of mm-hmm. believing and drawing on the gift of God inside of him, drawing on him. And he felt it. He, right. he physically or in his spirit, he felt power. 
leave his body. And here's what I love the most probably about this whole entire text is that she could have been just scared out of her mind going, oh dear, he's, he's now asking, he's now asking what is going on. He's now asking the crowd, he's made it public, who touched me? And, and what am I supposed to do? Oh, Jesus, don't make me go public with this. Please do not ask me to come forward and, and share what happened. I'm trying to be really under the radar here. I don't want to come forward and, and talk about this, but Jesus continued to look through the crowd because, not because he didn't know what happened, but because he wanted to see her eyes. He wanted to see her face. He didn't want her to just stay by the wayside, stay on the side of the road and just be healed. That wasn't enough for him. He wanted that relationship. And so he scanned the crowd because he wanted to see her eyes. And what he says to her when she does come out and just confesses before everybody what happened, the first thing he says to her is, daughter, your faith has made you well. He used the word daughter towards her, which nobody would have offered any sort of kindness in that way to her in those 12 years. Nobody in the world would have, would have offered her that much dignity and love in that moment. But Jesus looked at her and called her, called her daughter. And it makes me think about when I got married, my dad wasn't at my wedding because he had passed away about seven years prior to that. And I missed my dad so much at my wedding. Because you do, you want, you want your daddy to walk you down the aisle. You want to have that first daddy-daughter dance. And that didn't happen for me. And so I really missed him. But the day after we got married, my husband's father came up to me and we were getting ready to go. We were packing up the car, getting ready to head out to the airport. And he just walked up to me and he hugged me and he just said, welcome to the family, daughter. And there was something about him saying daughter to me that just sunk into my soul that nobody had said to me in seven years. And there was just something about him calling me daughter that just made all the difference. And that's what Jesus did for this woman. He didn't scorn her. He didn't accuse her. He didn't tell her that she was wrong in reaching out. And he could have. I mean, he was a rabbi. Who are you? You're unclean. Do not touch me. But Jesus always went beyond the mess in that person's life to go and reach them right at their point of need. So this is definitely a wow God story. And it's about a woman who lived a long time ago. It's a true story. It's a wow God story. It's a supernatural event that happened in time that was documented. But I want to know what that has to do with you and your life. Mm-hmm. You know, so how does this apply? I mean, why would it be documented? Why would it be in the Bible? Why would this story be heard by you at this very moment coming from Julie Thomas? I mean, what is the application mm-hmm. And I use the word application. It sounds too clinical. It's like, what's the application for your life? It's like, no, like, why do I need to hear this right now? Jesus, what are you trying to say to me? Because I think it's easy at first glance to go, I got nothing in common with this woman. I mean, you might even be a man. Right? You may not have anything in common whatsoever. And maybe you're a woman and you go, I don't have anything in common with this chick. And I understand that. But I think what, what's interesting is that it talks about the fact that she had suffered this woman had suffered. And, and suffering is different than just getting hurt, isn't it? It's different than like stubbing your toe. It's different than maybe you running into the edge of the door or something like that when you walk into a room. Suffering is not just physical. It's emotional. It's all of that. And this woman had suffered. And I think for us, we, we so often brush past that and just go, well, I'm not suffering. But, but I would challenge you on that and go, but what's bringing pain to your heart right now? What's causing you pain? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe your marriage is rough and you don't have any idea which end is up or what is going on. Maybe it's your kids. 
maybe your children are just causing your heart pain. Maybe it's a bad financial decision or, or, or unforgiveness that you've been rolling around in your brain for years. Maybe there's a disappointment or a failure. What is that thing that is causing you pain in your heart right now? And I would challenge you and go, what are you trying to do to ease that pain? Because a lot of times we can, boy, we can try to cure that pain in our heart, can't we? Boy, maybe it's retail therapy. Maybe it's medication. Maybe it's food. Maybe it's drinking. Maybe it's any sort of thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's relationships that, that we know we have no business being in right now. But for some reason, it is, it is helping that pain in my heart right now. And I think the message of this story is, is that Jesus is the only one. He is the cure for the pain in your heart. And I don't understand it. And I can't tell you specifically how he would meet you in that moment. But I can tell you that when your faith is coupled together with his supernatural power, Jesus does something miraculous in your life. And so I would challenge you, whatever that pain is in your heart, bring it to him Bring it to him and be honest. The Bible says that she, she laid it out before Jesus and she told him the whole story. She told him the whole truth of everything that had happened. And Jesus just said to her daughter, your faith has made you well and I've cured you of your affliction. And so whatever that pain is, whatever that hurt is in your heart, bring it to Jesus. Tell him the whole story. Lay it out before him and he will meet you right there. Never have thought before about the word suffering until right now, how it's just this ongoing, ongoing, ongoing pain. I mean, there's someone listening who their life is fine on the outside, and even they feel like, oh yeah, my hunkies are dory. I'm good, I'm good. But for reals, if you were honest and you opened up, you were suffering about something that happened when you were a kid, or you're suffering about something that somebody did, and you've just buried it so well that the suffering is deep, deep down inside, like you hemorrhage all the time, but it's so deep down inside. She believed, she reached out, she touched man, but he did the he did the work. He's the one who healed her. But her faith, you know, it's just a great story to study. Will you remind us where it is again in the Bible so we can read it? It's in Mark five verses twenty four through thirty four. Mark chapter five. And someday I'll tell you the story about how it's this story in the Bible that led me to Christ. Someday I'll tell you the whole story about that. <laughs> um, but not today. Thank you, Julie Thomas. WomenWhoBelieve.com is where you can find Julie if you want to respond to something that she said, share your story, or read some wonderful things that she's written just for you. Hashtag thanks for listening.